This is the Marketing Umbrella Podcast, where it's all about getting the information you need from successful leading marketers to build and grow your digital marketing agency. Brought to you by Itumar Shafir, founder and CEO of Umbrella, the technology platform and brand that is powering thousands of marketing agencies around the country. Find him at UmbrellaUS.com. Now, here's your host, Kevin Pruitt. This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of the Marketing Umbrella Podcast, where we talk with successful marketing experts about ways to build and grow their digital marketing agency. My special guest today teaches digital marketing to the world's biggest brands and at the most recognized universities. He travels around the world, teaching a wide variety of digital marketing topics to teams within the world's most iconic brands, including Google, Experian, Microsoft, Disney, Nationwide, Orange, HP, Procter & Gamble, and IBM, among others. According to Microsoft, he has an uncanny ability to simplify the complexity of digital marketing into concepts that are understandable, relatable, and ultimately doable. His training curriculum is used at universities across the country, from developing real estate websites in 1996 to starting his own digital marketing agency. He has been at the forefront of entrepreneurship and digital marketing. In 2015, he pivoted from his agency business to focus full-time on training and now offers coaching digital marketing courses at LearnSiteLogic.com. He's also a digital communications instructor and educational consultant for the New Media Academy in Dubai, as well as a digital marketing instructor for the ANA, the Association of National Advertisers. He's also an instructor for LinkedIn Learning. Don't know when he has time to do all these things, but he's an amazing guy. He's the author of three books, Internet Marketing, An Hour a Day, Wired to be Wowed, and Teach New Dogs Old Tricks. When he isn't immersed in the universe of marketing and, and technology, he spends most of his time being a husband and a dad to four girls, and on top of everything else, he does beekeeping. Whatever time is left is spent reading history, culture, or philosophy books. He's a self-proclaimed copy snob. Absolutely loves a good cup of joe, especially while reading. His overall goal is to teach businesses how to make marketing logical, measurable, and predictable under the guise of being planable so they can be profitable. Join me in welcoming a great guest today, Matt Bailey. Matt, welcome to the Marketing Umbrella Podcast. Oh, thank you, Kevin. It's a pleasure to be here. So, I mean, there were quite a few things that I listed. Is there anything that we didn't leave out? You, you pick up a hobby on the side with all your spare time. <laughs> well, the, the, the way my wife explains it, my hobby is what became my industry. Uh, you know, building websites back in the 90s, that was my hobby. Uh, and now that I've, I, I've kind of built it into this, it, it's the quest for another hobby. Uh, but it, obviously, it can't be a hobby that takes too much time. <laughs> Well, it's uh, that that's an amazing background. And it's it's interesting how many things you do. You hear so many people talk about, oh, you got to niche down. You got to say no. You got to say no all the time. It sounds like to me, you say yes a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that the other day, but yes, that's very true. Um, I, I, part of it is you just never know where it's going to take you. Uh, so that is something. Now, I, 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 I do say no. I've had to work on that. And I think part of that with the agency world, you do learn eventually mm, to say no. For sure. Um, but when it comes to education, there there's a lot of opportunities. And and I, I listen to almost anything that anyone's going to pitch. 
because you just never know where it's going to lead you or what the potential is. Um, I've had to become more selective uh, over the past mm. uh, couple of years, uh, through the pandemic especially, because all of a sudden the the demand for virtual training just went through the roof. Um, and there's only a limited number of hours in the day you can do that. Uh, there's only so much energy you have to engage an audience through a camera. So uh, that put a lot of, you know, things in perspective, trying to figure out now, what am I going to do with this time and how am I going to grow the business from there? Well, I, I think obviously you become a master at leveraging, you know, time and, and resources. I mean, because no one could have done this laundry list of things unless you, you say, you know, how can we how can we kind of like kill two birds with one stone here? How can we use this resource over in this this space as well? And and especially if we're we're kind of operating in the same stream, you know, as as you're as you're trying to. So I before we get started, I'm just curious. So how did the transition from the marketing space to the education space happen? Well, even though I had my agency and even before I started my agency, I was working for other companies, I was still being asked to present and teach. And I was leading short little workshops. I was presenting at uh, local, um, local like chamber events, uh, talking to businesses, just, you know, I wasn't selling anything. I was just presenting. I, I wanted people to know this is available to you. It's free. It's easy. Get in the search engines. And even prior to that, I've just always enjoyed being you know, it's easy for me to communicate to people. So I've done sales, I've done sales and marketing, and it just really kind of kept growing into this, this area of teaching. And so when I had my agency, I was still speaking at conferences, uh, still doing training seminars. And it got to the point where I've got to decide which way I'm going to go. Uh, it, it's, it's, you know, I can't do both any further. And I realized that even though I had the agency, one of the things that made us unique is I'm training our clients, right? I'm training my employees and, and our best clients were the clients that we spent a couple of days with them, just training them as to mm. here's what we're doing. Here's what it's going to look like. And here's the expectations and here's how we're going to measure. And so the ones that we spent the most time with training became our best clients and I loved that part of it. I, I love that training and education part. So making that transition was actually very easy to do. Um, fortunately, I didn't have to wait long before I started getting some calls and requests for training. And most of my engagements are multi-year engagements uh, with clients. So, you know, if they have multiple locations around the world, right. um, or we are developing an internal education system. Mm -hmm. So we're developing training videos, training content for their own uh, learning system. And I think probably about it, well, it was about a year before the pandemic, I decided, you know, I need to, I need some educational structure myself. So I went back and got my master's degree in education and instructional design that was amazing. I would do it again in a moment because it taught me the structure of education. Mm. I knew the content. I knew what I was trying to teach. Right. And this just put it to another level. Here's how you do uh, scope and sequence. Here's how you, right. you know, the whole, the whole like formula of, of doing it. I think it's quite a testimonial though to you that, that you have extended engagements, you know, that, that it's not just, oh, come do the course. Uh, oops. Well, here, thanks here. We'll pay you right. Here's the check. 
um, we'll call you if we need you again type thing. So it's you, that's an investment on of their part, but I think it also is is kind of indicative of you investing in your clients, you know, when you had your your agency. And that that's a that's a great kind of segue into just site logic. What is it? What does it do? Uh, you know, what's its USP? Wow, site logic. It, it's 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 logical. <laughs> That's what it all comes from. It's the name. Um, yeah. I, well, I'm a big fan of of philosophy and especially Aristotle. Um, in in when I was in university, I had to read Aristotle's Rhetoric, and it's one of the only books I kept from my college years because as I'm reading it, I'm like, this is sales. This is marketing, and, and there are the principles in there. It's funny. It's over two thousand three. You know. I, 2,500 years old, and the principles have not changed because mm. you're talking about people and persuading people. And, and I, you know, and, and what he says is that people are ultimately persuaded trying to find their own happiness. And if you can make them happy, they'll follow you. And so uh, that has stuck with me. So that's where site logic, it's a combination of website and logic uh, coming together that we're persuading people. And to me, this whole digital communication, digital marketing, this whole digital media industry, it's all very logical. It's not difficult. It's a lot of work. And so it's, number one, there are foundations to what you do. And if you don't have those foundations, then yeah, things are going to be shaky. But once you have those foundations, now you build, now you go into a niche, now you develop these things. Uh, but there has to be a foundational level of skills, of competencies that you build on from there. And it's the same thing if you're going to, you know, build a website. You have to have a good foundation. And then you develop into the 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 bleeding edge technology. Same right. thing with social. It 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 all works together. So you're more you're more talking about it sounds like to that you're more talking about functionality or the the systemic um foundations of the site versus logic versus emotion you know yep. or the whole idea of you know you, you hear everybody say hey you've got to tell a good story you know marketing is just telling a good story mm -hmm. and the the whole idea but it almost sounds like that you said no actually that's it's you know that's not it's it, you you have to appeal to you know the left brain people out there as well type thing so <laughs> i am curious the, the distinction between those two things well persuasion comes in three elements and you you nailed the two there um so logic is the first element of persuasion emotion is the second element of persuasion and you can't have all one or the other there has to be both in there that i need to satisfy the logical side by giving you information that you can validate something that proves what I'm saying is true. But we also need that emotion because that emotion mm -hmm. illustrates what I'm talking about. Uh, and then finally, credibility. Yeah. Credibility. This like is almost trust type thing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Trust is the probably the biggest key there. And so those three elements, logic, emotion, credibility are critical to persuasion. And but they're critical in so many different areas. And so that foundation, yes, there's not just a, a technical foundation. But there is also for the learners that themselves that I deal with, the, the marketers that I work with, the content creators, there is a skill foundation. And that skill foundation mm. is how do people think? 
how do we reach them? And, and how do we use this logic, emotion, credibility foundation? What are the skills that you need to have to persuade people in logic, emotion, credibility? So we're getting down to the basic skills of writing, of <laughs> scripting, yeah. of how to tell a story right. but in using these elements. And then what do you want people to do? And so I, I see a lot of people that, you know, they've got a good 50 to 60%, but what's that final thing? What are you asking someone to do? What's that next phase? Are you inviting them to do that? And so it, it all comes down to persuasion, communication, uh, developing media that people want to see. I, I love the way that you just mentioned, um, because I've seen this and uh, other, you know, other, I guess, um, interviews that we've had, people talk about the marketing space. It's almost like, you know, we're we're going to tell a good story. We're going to get people to, you know, understand, to see, to place themselves in the story, all the all the things we're trying to get them to do. But until you you give them that call to action, give them that action step, what are you going to do with it? What's the application of this persuasion? And it's interesting you mentioned that, you know, just the the whole idea about getting them to act, you know, or to move based on this. It's not just, oh, well, I think differently now, you know, but are you going to think differently and do something differently, you know, right. as a result of that? So unpack that a little bit about where does that, you know, is that no longer marketing? Has that now shifted into the sales sphere? Well, any type of persuasion, what I'm, whether I want you to think differently, if I want you to even take a physical action like clicking something um there so that is what you know a lot of them would call the the conversion point if i can get you to click yeah but ultimately what i need to do is i need to be thinking in terms of progression that if i can get you to think differently then what will be the result of that uh what might you do what might you consider what what can i give you at that moment where you're thinking differently what can i give you at that moment to move the relationship along, to, to add that level of progression. Same thing if I can get you to click. Well, now you, you've given sort of a small yes. What's a bigger yes that I can give you? Is it a download? Is it access? Is it, what is it that, uh, that I can give you? I'll give you a great example. So today I wanted to make a bubble chart and I'm looking for online. I'm, you know, I did the search engine thing, make a bubble chart. And I think like 15 the top 15 results, every single one of them make a free free bubble chart, all that. And every single one of them, before I even did anything, want me to register. Mm -hmm. And no, <laughs> I'm sorry. I am not going to give you my email address, which has become all of a sudden the most valuable thing I've got, just to access something that I don't know if it's going to work. I don't yep. know if you're going to. And, and the one I did give my email address, it didn't do what I wanted it to do. Mm. And so now... You know, we've got so many people throwing this conversion point earlier and earlier and earlier. You haven't established enough credibility. You know, at least let me see what what you can do, what if you can perform to what I'm expecting. Uh, and so to me, there was no thought to progression. It was all about getting that conversion point early. And now we'll let you in and, and give you the free version. We're still going to try and upsell you to everything. Mm. Uh, but the progression was were we the right company for you? Yeah. Was this the right application for what you needed to do? I didn't see anything like that. And it's, I mean, it, it is detrimental because yeah. in the long run, not only 
would you just be kind of a neutral non-buyer? You're actually an antagonistic non-buyer now because <laughs> now you've made me mad. You, you, you've kind of frustrated me. And in, in You've got to the... describe my general approach to <laughs> search and looking <laughs> for vendors. <laughs> exactly. That's a, that's exactly right. That's right. I'm, I'm starting at a neutral or a slightly negative and you have to move me yes. from that point. But I had... Um, I had heard you you talk about in another interview just the you were talking generally about analytics. And the one thing that really struck out or stuck out to me in that in that struck out, you know, that stuck out to me in that in that chat was how you were really laser focused on the specifics around like metrics and analytics. And that, like which ones are really important. I mean, because there's so many to choose from. And the 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 overarching like tone of the conversation was almost like this is it quantitative versus qualitative you know it's a, the more data the better versus man really honing in on just a few metrics that are really going to be game changers and i i would love for you to kind of unpack that a little bit about how you help people think about those things and i think would be really i can't think helpful to you know agency owners in that in that space Sure, absolutely. Yeah, it's so. Here's an illustration, Kevin. I, and and you've traveled, and I, I think this might resonate here. One of the things when I travel, I love to do is I love to go see libraries, especially if I'm in Europe. Mm. I want to go see the older, the better, the more books, the mustier that there. I realized that I didn't. I, I've got to find the word. There is a word for the smell of old books, <laughs> and I don't know what it is, but I love just going into this library and just looking at the architecture, the books, and just wandering. I, mm. I can do that for hours. I, 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 I love books. And that is just a, to me, it is just an amazing place to be and, and take pictures. That's a lot like many people's approach to analytics. Mm. That's a great is example. I, I need analytics and uh, let's see what this has and let's wander around and oh look at the architecture and look at all the books and wow these are now if i need to know something then i'm going to walk through the doors of that library in a very different mindset and in a with a very different purpose i need to know something and and that knowledge is contained in maybe one or two or three of these books and I need to find where it is. Mm -hmm. So now what are the tools that I need in order to find that piece of information? Well, first of all, where it starts, and, and, and let's start before we even get into the library, what's your question? What do you need to know? And, and that's what started me in analytics is I, I'm running these real estate websites. I've got limited time, limited resources. As I said, it was a hobby. Uh, you know, I'm sitting in, in you know, nine o'clock at night. I've got about two hours before my wife's going to get on me for, you know, just come on, get out of the basement. And, and I'm like, okay, so now what is the best use of my time? And, and so I started thinking through this. Well, what, what's my goal? What do you mean best use of my time? Well, what's going to make the most money? Oh, well, what's going to be the, well, not just make the most money. What's the most profitable. And I'm, I'm thinking through these questions here and that's really where it starts is, is what, what is the most important to me? What's the most important to your business? And what I realized then is I asked the right question. Mm. And I'm not patting myself on the back. I stumbled through that because when I, as soon as I brought up the word profitability, 
that set the framework now for the data I needed and how I would be evaluating the data I encountered to that point. And so what I found as I'm going through the data, I'm seeing, oh, wow, you know, 90% of my leads are coming from search. Wow, amazing. And, you know, as I'm looking through there, but then I had a kind of a rudimentary spreadsheet for sales tracking. Well, only uh, two of those turned into sales. Okay. Well, where, where did the, where did the rest of my sales? Well, they, the rest of my sales came from articles that I'd been writing. Uh, it came from PR. It came from, uh, you know, and I'm looking at all these other things that only 20% of my leads came from those categories, but they accounted for over 90% of my sales. Mm -hmm. So like the Pareto I, principle at work there. Right. Now, if I'd asked the wrong question, where am I getting the most leads from? I would have been chasing the, you know, I would have been chasing the 90% that produced mm. the 2%. Yeah. If I asked that question. That's a great, great example. By focusing on profitability, it, it enabled me to ask the right question, to evaluate the data properly, to continue to ask questions that guided me to that answer. And once I hit that answer, okay, now I need, I, I know where I need to focus my time how I need to focus the the leads that come in, because now I know which leads are more valuable than the others, which ones have a greater chance of closing and not just closing, but with greater profitability. So right. it, it, it all comes down to number one, have you properly defined the question for your business? And it's uh, as you're, you're talking earlier about, you know, site logic, you know, websites that, that are logical, that have a good foundation. It, it struck me as you were answering that question that that you know we always look at kind of the front end of a website the content the you know is it is it persuading people is it telling a good story is it you know are the, when you scan it you know i mean where do your eyes go when you look at a site is it what's above the fold what's below the fold but it's as important as the questions on the back end that that are where you're looking at the analytics of it and saying i if you do not ask the right questions you you may have good metrics, but you have really bad output. You yeah, know, absolutely. On the backside, and it's it is so important. And it's it is uh, one one question that I was thinking about before we we jumped on was just the whole idea of like Web three o. You know how, and I knew you were you know kind of focused in the website space, but how does what are, what do websites look like in Web three o? You know, you see, you hear all these wow. people talking about, oh, we just have a landing page. I have a one-page website. I'm, I'm just trying to get people to do something and to get their email address, and and I'm building that. And then, you know, websites are becoming less and less important, or whatever. I'm curious to get your take on that. That is a great question because watching the evolution of websites over the past, uh, you know, 25 years has been absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. To now seeing them as stripped down headlines and pictures yeah um you know with a, a you know i think the website has become less of the sales mechanism that it was mm. in some industries um you know you certainly can't and, and then that's what we're seeing i think is is a, a nichification i can say that certain <laughs> industries you know they're heavily mobile dominated especially for a consumer audience and so, yeah, they need to be fast. They need to communicate. And, and yeah, what happens is you're relying much more on that emotional presentation of the imagery, the, the headlines. And it's got to be quick. Words. 
I yeah, mean, it is it's immediate. Gotta be fast. You're in, you're yep. in or you're out. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, if you're trying to sue something business to business, if you're trying to do something where the sales cycle is a little bit longer, well, mm -hmm. now it's all about the presentation of mm -hmm. that content. Mm -hmm. It's all about how easy is it to access and can I find what I'm looking for? I'll go back to my, you know, illustration that earlier today, you know, looking for a company that I could create a bubble chart. I, I should have just spent the time drawing circles in PowerPoint. Uh, because it, that's how I felt at the end. I felt completely like that was a waste of time. I don't, and I can't tell you what any of those websites looked like. Mm -hmm. And mainly because when I got there, I got a pop-up within five seconds. Yeah. So, you know, web 3.0, if that's web 3.0, we're in for a, a, a you know, a crash. Mm. Uh, we're due for a crash uh, because you can only skinny down the content to a certain point. Uh, ultimately, you still need to answer some serious questions. Uh, as we said, it come, logic, emotion, credibility. What are you doing to build the credibility? Um, how am I going to find the information that I need? So, yeah, I for like, but hey, for some sites, I think it's real easy. You you just scroll down. This is what I want. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, it's ten but, bucks. Buy it or don't buy it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, it, I, I, it's hard to say where it's going to go because there's going to be an overreaction. There always is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we we've gone from spinning gifts to now stripped down black websites with pictures and headlines, and 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 there's going to be a reaction. Where that goes will be very interesting to see. I, uh, when, I when I think about like just websites that we experience on a, on a daily basis. I'm I'm curious to get your take on when the transition has to occur from the site to personalization. Like, is it is it generally based on the the cost of the product or service? Is it based on the you know how long does it take people to actually make a buying decision in this space? Um, I mean, it's like you know we even have sites that are selling cars now you know, online, you never talk to anybody. You just buy a car. You right, know, right. That, yes or no. But I'm curious to your experience in this space. Like if you're speaking to, to marketing agency owners, where is that point? Or is there a, is there a, a process that you go through, you determine, okay, no longer is the website sufficient in helping people make a buying decision. It Now you have to step in and so we have to have a human element, not a bot, but actually a human step yeah. in. Yeah. Well, I've seen this in a number of industries and it's done very well. It, it's go, almost going back to the old wizard um, when you mm. would set up software and it would ask you questions. And yeah. based on how you answered, it would set up certain features and leave others out. And I think that's where we're going, where we, where we need to go. That, yes, I can have a website structure, I can have links, but people are have very little patience for that. But if I can say which product is going to be best for you. And I give you a series of five to six questions, very clearly presented. Well, now I know if you're a business or, or residential, I know if you're a consumer or business, I know if uh, you're looking, you know, square footage, you know, we can, we can build all these things out. And, and all we're doing is, is a question with a button push. So now they're not navigating, but in this way, now what they're giving themselves is that personalized experience mm, yeah makes sense and then seeing at the end you know here this is selected specifically for you and your needs because you said this this and this mm -hmm. um i'm seeing more of that 
And and I think that's uh, sites that have a lot of content or a lot of offerings, that's going to become much more important in how they deliver the content. That is that is such a, a fascinating, I mean, almost a science, you know, around yes. the the whole idea of, of of just the psychology of buying, you know, that you really do have to have a good understanding of, you know, as if you're trying to, you know, I guess walk people through the buyer's journey you know, yeah. on your site. But what if you were if you were speaking to agency owners today, you know, about, you know, helping businesses think through um what is what does it look like? What does an effective business website look like? Are there some just standard and here's here's two or three points that you really have to understand about, you know, the psychology behind how people, you know, view and use websites, you know, to to make decisions. How would you answer that question if you're speaking directly to agency owners? Wow. Wow. Um simple. Simple is best. Uh, less is more. <laughs> it's just, and, and there's the basics. And first of all, now, you're arguing against yourself here because you said it. You know, you had the black and white website with the bubble pop up. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> <front> there, so. <laughs> yeah, it, it's and and so one of the things that is very very important to realize is that nobody reads. Hmm. That's that's a thing. Uh, Jacob Nielsen did a test, I think, back uh, in the early 2000s. Uh, and he said, what people do online, y you can't even call it reading hmm. because it's not even close to what reading is. He redid the test a few years back. It's like nothing's changed. In fact, people scan or more. Less, yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll read two words of a headline. And so, you know, one of the things I tell people is, is, and so when we talk about logic, emotion, credibility, emotion, that's your, that's your design. That's your pretty pictures. That's if you can get someone to visualize something and have a reaction. That's emotion. Logic is the presentation of, you know, the words you're choosing, how you're validating your, your information. But credibility is built into how you're presenting the information. Mm. If I can't read it and, and let's, I'm going to, I'm going to use a phrase and it's an immediately going to conjure up an image, tiny text, it, it, you know, terms and conditions, uh, how are those typically presented? They're typically presented in a very, very small typeface, typically on a lower contrast. You, you'll see like a, a, a dark gray on white. You, you know, you'll never see terms and conditions presented in an easily readable, bullet pointed, highly formatted document that makes it easy to scan. Why is that? Because when we see a block of small text that we're going to have to study, our brain is fighting it. Our brain is saying, no, don't make me do that. So the credibility of how we present content, clear, bold headlines, clear subheadings, and, and headline subheadings don't go beyond seven words. No one will read mm -hmm. it. Bullet yeah. points. Um, if your bullet point uh, has two sentences, that's not a bullet point. That's a paragraph. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. Uh, it's, you it's know, bullet exactly point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, bullet point, the purpose of a bullet point is to concisely give you information. And if it's, if it's five to seven words, okay. Uh, but that first word better be an action verb. And so yeah. learning how we can take, not take advantage, but how, if we can better understand how people evaluate, how they scan, how they quickly absorb content. Well, knowing that I can use those elements to better optimize 
for lack of a better term, the experience of when they scan that page. Because now I can lead their eye, knowing color, contrast, uh, markup, and how all those things work together to get people to absorb information mm -hmm. and scan to find the, one, the information they want. Then when they want to know more, then they're going to spend their time looking and finding. Dive a little deeper. Yeah, yeah. They'll, then they'll yeah. do that deep dive and spend more time. Uh, but really kind of understanding the, you know, looking eye tracking studies, mm -hmm. look at scanning studies, those th types of things. Those are what's going to enable you to create sites that will create apps that will be absolutely usable <laughs> and and pleasing to use for your users. I um uh, this this next question I, that I want to ask you this is one of my favorite questions because I I've just added it in the last few episodes because <laughs> I am you know the the guests that we have on this show are are really truly subject matter experts in the in the field and and I love to hear their take on this question and and you know try to keep it you know fairly concise in in your response and maybe it's like you know what's your first response you know when I ask you the question but what do you see as the biggest problem in marketing today? I think it's been taken over by social media fluff. Um, and, and, and mm. it's, it's, it's this reliance on a post, this reliance on a tweet. Um, it, it, I'm going to go to, okay, I'm going to expand. Uh, someone asked me the other day about, you know, you've got a lot of LinkedIn followers. Did you notice that business started coming when you started increasing followers? And I'm like, no, my followers are increasing because I'm teaching here, because I'm writing there. I'm doing this. It, it's all like these effect, yeah. yeah, it's it, it, the, the followers were not the, the leading indicator. They were not uh, the catalyst. The catalyst was, I've been writing, you know, my website is is 15 years old. Uh, I, I've got books out. I've got articles out. I'm doing podcasts. I'm mm -hmm. guesting on podcasts. I'm I'm doing a, a lot of things. And, and that follower count just happens to be increasing. And, and so it, it, it's, it's, I'm seeing almost like this backward emphasis. And, and now, don't get me wrong. I think social media has got it. it, it there's a lot of use for it. There is a lot for it. But I 90% of what I see in social media is useless. That's we are oversaturated yep. with useless content. That's yep. the problem. That I, I I could not agree more. I mean, it is this that kind of this sound bite mentality, you yeah. know, that uh it is um and it's interesting as you were talking earlier about you know, just keep it simple. Uh, you know, less is more. I love that Mark Twain quote that said, I was going to write you a short letter, but I didn't have time. So I wrote you a long letter instead. You know, it, it, <laughs> yes. it is hard to, to be concise. It's hard to be succinct in how you, you know, communicate. And, you know, we do tend to, to kind of ramble, you know, from time to time, even as a podcast host, sometimes you, you do that <laughs> yourself, but Right. Um, so we, as we transition into our kind of our rapid fire round here, this is All right. this is one where you know put the seatbelt on because uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna step up the speed of the of the vehicle here and here going go. to to warp speed, Captain. But uh, these are just they're gonna appear to be a little disparate, you know, questions. But there's a there's a method to the madness, and it really does. <laughs> it really is. Uh, you know, there's there's probably some science behind this too. But um, did you get along with your parents growing up? Yes. 
Did you have siblings? Yes. Did you have a pet growing up? Yes. Do you currently have children? Yes. I think I read that in your in your bio. Right. Yeah, yeah. Currently, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> what time? Yeah, that's right. To tell they act up. Yeah. What time do you uh, wake up in the morning? Oh, uh, 7. And go to bed at what time? Uh 10, 10 30. What is your ideal vacation spot? Money not being an object. Oh, wonderful. Uh the Caribbean. Love the Caribbean. Does faith play any part in how you do business? Yes. What is one thing, this is going to sound like we've asked you this question before, what's one thing you would change about the current business climate today if you could? King for a day. King for a day. Nice, nice. I I would love to designate a new search engine that the world <laughs> uses. <laughs> You mean take over the the, the current reigning? I, I, I would I would love to replace Google as the top search engine, uh, it, it, not you know of, of the land. Um, <laughs> that would be the one thing I would I would shut down. I would shut down Google for the day. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of followers that would uh, that would jump. At, <laughs> we're going to be followers on your social media <laughs> if you can pull off shutting down Google. <laughs> Man, this is this has been a lot of fun, Matt. I I really appreciate you taking the time and just just sharing your your thoughts and your story and your journey with us. And as we as we wrap up today, is what's there? What's one thing that that I haven't touched on that we haven't asked you about that you would just love to kind of close us out with? Oh wow, thanks, Kevin. Um, yeah. So you read it in the bio. I, I started a, a, an a, an online coaching. Uh, and on that site, learn.sitelogic.com, I have classes that I have developed. So there are courses on analytics. There are courses on digital marketing. I'm going to be launching a, a business builder, which so one of the courses is a certification course for marketers. Uh, and businesses don't want really I learned businesses don't want certification. They just want the bare bones. Give mm. me what I need. Uh, now, I will say that the reason why I built this is because in the digital marketing industry, I have worked for numerous education companies. I've developed content for numerous education companies, and everyone's doing it wrong. Nobody wants to sit and watch 20-minute videos mm. for hours or watch 105-minute videos. People don't learn by watching videos. They learn by doing and yeah. so this is why, you know, I was looking at one of my courses that the uh, certification course, I estimate it's it's probably going to take you about 45, 50 hours to complete. And I only have four hours of video. It's it, the most of the course is you doing the work and then a human, me, <laughs> me, my assistants, my assistants who have been with me for years, they will be the ones to evaluate your work and then give you feedback you see and and this is what this is what going back to school this is what education is all about at no time when i did something wrong working for an employer did i get graded on my work other than this needs to be redone <laughs> make that better and that's what we're trying to do is i'm not going to grade you based on a test i'm going to i'm going to give you feedback so that you know the next time you develop this kind of report for an employer hmm. For, for a client, guess what? You're going to remember. You're going to know because you will have gotten feedback that tells you, add this in. You might want to change this. 
make sure you address these things. Right. This is what we need in digital marketing because the the current education in digital marketing is lacking. And so that's that's what I do at learn.sitelogic.com. Thanks for allowing me to uh <laughs> to to go into that. Absolutely. And man, I once again, I just thank you again for for just joining us today and just sharing your your expertise in this space and you know, we we this is just another episode of the Marketing Umbrella podcast where we chat with marketing experts where we provide insights and help agency owners scale and grow their marketing agencies. And please connect with our founder, Damar Shafir at UmbrellaUS.com to learn more. Matt, thank you again and love to stay connected and just really appreciate you just taking the time to share with us today. Oh, thank you, Kevin. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another great episode of the Marketing Umbrella Podcast where we provide the information you need from successful leading marketers to build and grow your digital marketing agency. To learn more, go to UmbrellaUS.com.